Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It's so great to be with you today. I am Dr. Fujian Zeng. I'm a psychotherapist, author, and the originator of the awareness integration theory. Our conversation is about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. Today, I am excited uh, to chat with two wonderful, wonderful ladies, um, Dr. Nicole Jafari. She is a faculty member at California State University in the United States teaching developmental psychology courses, expanding the prenatal to lifespan. Her research interest is in cross-cultural and multidisciplinary emphasis, encompassing lifespan developmental challenges, parenting strategies, and the association between scientific and spiritual growth. She's published and co-authored several academic textbooks and instructional manuals, which have been uh, translated to different languages. She's also a consultant and a coach and an international speaker. She's the founder and the president of the Cross-Cultural Research and Educational Institute, a nonprofit organization focusing on educational advocacy projects and global research. And we also have Dr. Eileen Manukian. She is an international parenting coach, an early childhood educator, and the founder and the director of GEM Educare, a childcare establishment preschool in Los Angeles, which um, the philosophy is the first preschool that actually holds the philosophy of awareness integration theory. She found her calling in life while she volunteered as a teacher and caregiver um, in a facility for low-income homeless or orphan children in South Africa. After realizing her calling, she began researching and observing early childhood programs and teaching methods during her travels around the world. She went um, to uh, 44 countries in 10 months and uh, visited and really researched all the different types of parenting in different schools and um, in their culture. She has her doctorate degree in specializing in early childhood education, is the member of Mensa and NAEYC. She values diverse educational programs due to having lived and worked in five countries and speaking five languages as she engaged with the community. Her research interest includes the importance of emotional intelligence in young children and so, uh, social emotional learning skills in young children and how early childhood educators support children's school readiness um, skills. Today, we're gonna to talk about our latest book that just came out Intentional Parenting, a guide to awareness integration theory. We're gonna talk about that and talk about um, what got us there, why we wrote the book and why is that book and the material that's in there is so important and much more of that. So I'm hoping that you enjoy as much as I enjoy dialoguing with these two fabulous women. Subscribe to this podcast, my YouTube channel and connect with me through my website, fujanzane.com for any of the social media and get my other book, 
Life Reset, the awareness integration path for the life you want, and share uh, with me your thoughts and how it has helped you in your life. I love to hear from you. So without further ado, here are Dr. Jafari and Dr. Marie-Kian. I am so excited to have two of my wonderful colleagues, my friends, my co-authors, my, 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 my besties uh, with me today. I am so excited to have you guys. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jaffari. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I'm also, uh, if not more, uh, just as excited as you are to have my two besties with me. The three blondies. So I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Manukia. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, I'm, I am more excited than the two of you are. <laughs> and I also want to say uh, hi to your uh, listeners. And we're all very uh, happy to be here and talk about our uh, adventure together. Beautiful. So for everyone who are wondering, why are we so excited to be here? Because a fruit of almost uh, a year and a half, two years is here. And here it is, Intentional Parenting, uh, a practical guide to awareness integration theory. Book is finally out published and uh, we love to talk to you about it. Uh, so first of all, let's talk about why we thought such a book is necessary and uh, we got together to do it, Dr. Jaffe. Yes, that's a great question. And why does anyone write books, especially books that are about development, psychology, uh, and social issues, family issues? Uh, the reason is normally to share experience, theories, and latest uh, ideas about a, a particular topic. In our case, we were interested in writing a book on parenting for a couple of reasons. One was that in our quest to see what kind of parenting books are out there, we found out that there aren't many books that will sort of um, include a multicultural, multidisciplinary and practical aspect of parenting. Most books out there, out there are either very theoretical, meant for as textbook for colleges, and uh, some books are very practical, meant for um, parents. So we wanted to do something in the middle where most audience of, of different backgrounds could use this book to, and then to use it in, in any uh, sort of a way that they need it. So that was one reason. The other reason uh, was that nowadays we see that there are more than, you know, a new methods, new methods of parenting, such as mindful parenting, um, uh, such as uh, parenting that has to do more with emotions rather than behavior are those methods are being very popular. And we wanted to include those, including the awareness integration theory that our very own Dr. Bujan Zaini has developed and mastered for the use of um, uh, individuals uh, from every age. 
And so we wanted to also incorporate that. So therefore you have this wonderful book that we think very highly of, and we hope that you all do, that contains all of that multidisciplinary, multicultural uh, awareness integration, also including a lot of other new methodologies and disciplines that are being discussed in the parents' world. And Dr. Manukian, what was the uh, angle that you have brought to the book and thought that it's necessary uh, for us to bring this, uh, this angle into this book? So one thing I hear from all the parents that I work with, and um, uh, just to give a little very you know, short in, uh, bio, not bio, but information, is that I own um, and operate a family child care center, and I use awareness integration theory as the basis of our philosophy. And what um, I constantly hear from the parents is, they come up and they think something is an issue with their child, whereas it's not an issue. It's actually a developmental stage that child is going through. And then the parent is trying to solve something that is physiological. It's not even something that needs to be solved. Then there are issues that are challenges and they need to tackle it. And they think, oh, this is going to pass. It's nothing. It's not that important. So my view was the parents need more information about where the behaviors are coming from, what is a really behavioral challenge and what is not a challenge, but a developmental stage and the child has to go through it. And they didn't know what the basis of it is. When I explained this is brain development, that your child is two years old, when they are turning two, we call it in general population calls it uh, terrible tools. It's not terrible tools. It's just a brain development stage that children go through approximately when they are two. There are children that go through it when they are 14 months old. And then we needed to explain this and we needed to get this word out to a lot more people than just the few that are coming into my center and I am talking to them. And Dr. Jeffrey and Dr. Zaini were very kind and they included me uh, to come in and, and uh, talk about some of the challenges that I see. And we came up with a system that actually covers everything. It covers from the minute the child is born until they are 20 years old. It also covers all the challenges that children might have. It covers all the theories. It covers all the basis of every behavior that the child shows. So the parent not only knows how to deal with the behavior, but also knows why the child is behaving the way they are behaving. And part of what um, it was interesting for me to want to um, create this project had to do with uh, when Dr. Jaffrey uh, initiated the conversation about creating this book. She already had written a book uh, about parenting, which was amazing. It's a great textbook. It's been taught in a lot of the universities. And it was like, well, what, what can be different than her last book or all the other books that are out there, whether they're for parents or for the textbook? And since I uh, had developed the awareness integration, uh, it was always a reflective construct. So when people come in to look, for, uh, to look at self-growth, they'll go into classes or they'll go into uh, psychotherapy somewhere around their 20s trying to figure out who they are. So a lot of the work we do uh, in the uh, awareness integration therapy was becoming a reflective aspect. 
where you get to learn what happened to you and then try to clean it up. And when um, Dr. Manukian and I had been working on um, the daycare, it was more like, well, it doesn't have to be reflective. It can be very proactive where the parents can learn how to do this with themselves and their children as they're growing. And therefore you create um, the system of the awareness for your child as they're growing into every stage. And so uh, we developed every stage, which is like infancy and then toddler and preschool and um, preteen or teen um, and um, you know, um, late adolescent and young adults. We're at every stage, not only the developmental, the cognitive levels, the emotional normal levels are, but to also teach you as a parent in the, uh, the, the philosophy, uh, the angle, uh, the patterns of parenting that you can bring and you can then develop for your children and then co-create who they are together as they're going through different stages of their life. Um, and I think it turned out pretty good. I love this book and I hope that for all of you who uh, are interested and get it, that you will also enjoy every angle of it. Dr. Jaffe, is, uh, what is the a perspective that you would want to share with our audience about um, the specific uh, importance of this book. Of course, uh, thank you. So there are many great books, articles, websites out there that are there to help parents at every level, every um, stage, and uh, many different behavioral problems, uh, developmental delays and all, all that. And websites, you know, uh, what to do with your ADHD child. In 10 steps, how to discipline your child. So there are many great resources out there, but what, what is missing, and I think this book offers, is the connection between the why and the how and the what. Uh, because if I if I'm told these are 10 steps that you need to do in order to get your child to listen to you, well, I want to go a little bit beyond that and say, why would my child listen to me if I follow these 10 steps? Uh, what is the reason? And also what happens if these 10 steps uh, now I need an 11th step <laughs> and this is not working with my child. So I think this book offers the, in the inside of why uh, such steps or, or, you know, the steps that are offered in the book as what to do and what to expect, uh, why would they work? Because the theoretical explanation is behind it and also the prediction for the behavior uh, is included. So I think it will give parents an in-depth perspective of do's and don'ts of parenting and also why it would work. And the fact that as Dr. Manukian um, also mentioned this, this is a developmental uh, and stage-like a book, which means you can read up ahead of time and learn about, okay, my child is two years of age. What can I learn if my child turns three, four, five, and then get yourself ready. I always say parents need to be a step ahead of their child in order to predict and be prepared for what is coming. So I think that, uh, that the, in those aspects, this book offers um, things that are not currently uh, offered by Dr. Google and uh, other <laughs> textbooks or books in general. Uh, Dr. Manukian, um, there are specific uh, developmental issues that young adults, because your specialty is in um, 
young, young children. Uh, what are some of the recent matters that you actually see among you, among the children that uh, they're with you and you coach their parents or they come to the daycare where you see that it could be um, a significant problem and uh, you know that the parents are dealing with and the children are dealing with. I mean, obviously, be beside COVID, which uh, you, you have uh, recently published um, uh, a paper about what has happened to the children and their parents and uh, teachers all, uh, all around in the COVID. But there's beside the, like within COVID and beside COVID, there are things that are happening recently, which we really need to deal with. Um, there are uh, a couple of issues. One is technology and screen time, which uh, recently is getting uh, worse because children were isolated. They spent too much time um, looking at their tablets, looking at the TV, watching TV, and they got attached to it. Now there is a real issue of how can we detach? And there is a lot of guilt that goes on uh, in parents because they think that their children's childhood has been um, uh, has been destructed by COVID, which partly is true, but it's not their fault. This is something that happened to everybody in the world. So there is a lot of guilt going on. And because of that guilt, parents are behaving differently than they, would, they were beha behaving before COVID. That's one issue. Another issue that I see is, um, because of the media and all this information coming in about um, behavioral issues and about sicknesses, for example, um, physical sicknesses like um, COVID or uh, some other issues such as challenges such as um, uh, being in the spectrum. So there are parents that do not want to accept that their child is in the spectrum. But what I see more than that is parents who don't have a child that is in the spectrum, but they think their child is in, should be in the spectrum, autism spectrum. So um, it is really, uh, and Dr. Google is not helping with this Dr. Jeffrey because it gives signs that they go and look in their child to see if they have these signs. And, Every child is different. They might be behaving a little differently. That doesn't mean that they have um, autism or they have ADHD or um, other issues. Um, so they, this is one thing that the parents need to uh, be a little bit more careful, ask for somebody's help who is an expert in the area. And also the book helps a lot because the book exp explains a lot how uh, all of these challenges come around and how you can find out if your child is having a behavioral issue. This is because they have been isolated for two years. They are not doing eye contact or really there's something going on. Or there is a child that is shy and don't do eye contact or it might be a cultural thing. Um, some cultures, if you make eye contact with adults, it means you're disrespectful. So not everything means your child has an issue. That those are the two main issues, the technology, uh, screen time, and also um, children's behavior. Um, I've also noticed uh, a lot of anxiety with um, even kids with junior high, high levels of anxiety, which turns into 
um, very, very, uh, let's say exotic behaviors where parents are shocked and they don't know what to do with it. Um, Dr. Jaffery, what are some of the, I know you also do not only, uh, you teach in universities, but you do parenting coaching um, across the world and globe. So um, what are some of the factors that recently you have seen more and more be an issue that a teenager or um, uh, even school age uh, has to deal with and what their parents have to deal with? Yes. Um, so in today's parenting, most parents want to do everything for their kids, for their children, because we've been told that that's your job. Your child is to give care and to take care of and to meet every need that your child has. Well, that's wonderful um, in theory, but in reality, we also need to allow our children to experience life, to build skills, and to be prepared for life events themselves. So in this generation of parenting, children and adolescents, particularly adolescents, are being raised, not being prepared for, uh, let's say, life lessons, uh, um, ambiguous situations, things that have not been um, experienced before, such as COVID. Uh, for example, during, before COVID, most parents, I'm sure, would go to, to sleep, you know, wishing, I wish I had more time with my kids. Uh, kids probably went to bed thinking, I wish I didn't have to go to school. Well, we got our wish and, and all of a sudden we didn't know what to do with all this time. Everything became chaotic. And uh, not only we as parents had to combat the situation that we had no experience, rightfully so. Now our kids were looking up to us and, and thinking us to be all anxious and, and uh, not knowing what to do. So uh, one thing parents can do, particularly for school age and uh, adolescent, is to allow their kids to be participants in life events, meaning things that are basic needs and emotional needs definitely have to be prepared for child to excel. But things that child can do around the house or do on their own, parents are to allow the child to learn those skills and also allow the child to learn from mistakes. If we take care of every child's need, then the child, in case of situations such as failure in school or not, you know, having a good day, then will not be equipped emotionally, physically, and cognitively to come up with a plan to take care of their own psychological needs. Again, this is after we have already met all the basic needs. So adolescents today are combating a lot of anxiety, unfortunately. Part of it is high expectations we put on them. And the other part is high expectations that peer pressure puts on them. And the other thing is social media. A lot of them are getting most of their life lessons from social media. So I hope that this COVID situation allowed us parents and children to get to know each other and to also allow us to be able to do things together and for parents to have taught the kids, uh, you know, life lessons here and there so that the um, child and it can now come up with creative solutions. And anxiety usually comes, and Dr. Zaini could better explain about anxiety, but anxiety usually is when people try to solve all of their world problems and life problems all at once, and no one can do that. And then this overwhelming emotion of what to do, what to do, leads to anxiety, especially if we don't have no prior experience of seeing, okay, if things either work out or they don't, and if it's okay if they don't. So to, in order for our kids to be able to come up with plans 
plan A, plan B, we have to allow them to experience life. Of course, besides the fact that some children may be uh, having a difficulty with neurological or emotional problems, but most kids could learn lessons by doing and, and uh, sort of figure out how not to get themselves worked up to go to that anxiety level. And I sense the anxiety uh, being everywhere because part of it has to do with um, the things that our children are going through and they're being faced with. Parents um, don't even know um, and they haven't really experienced and there isn't a lot of books or um, constructs out there that has prepared them for it. For example, the developmental stages that we were talking about as far as children, there's a system in developmental stage, which is a physical uh, and a brain um, way, but there's also the social aspect. Now the social aspect of development due to um, smartphones being given to kids and you know them going through it and doing the gamings and having the social media and just having access to a lot of information that cannot be necessarily monitored. Um, different types of uh, apps that your kids will get into and before you know it, they've shut it down and gone to another one. And the, the, uh, the concept of what the social peer uh, uh, culture is out there a lot of times it's even unknown to the parents. And by the time they come to run and figure this out, your teen is already past that stage and moved on to another stage. This has brought a lot of fear for parents. So parents are attempting to one way or another control. And um, the, the, uh, the adolescents are finding a lot of independence uh, without necessarily knowledge or the wisdom for the independence. So the independence is creating a lot of consequences, then they fear and they have anxiety about the consequences. So they get themselves more into an issue. And then yet there are issues that are out there that they don't know how to deal with. And they're dealing with it just with the emotional aspect of their own peers. So they just listen to their peers. They get bullied by the peers. They get pushed by the peers. Uh, whether we're talking about um, who they should be, what kind of color of hair they should have, what, what should they wear, what kind of, you know, should they be depressed or not, should they kill themselves or not, what sexual identity or performance they should have or not. You could see this, uh, you know, what should, should they have guns or not, and you see this spectrum that it, teens are going through almost on their own, and parents are doing the best that they can on their own. And sometimes the bridges are not happening between, uh, you, you know, even kids as, as, as young as like 10 years old, all the way to, let's say like 20. So we're seeing a lot of this gap and hoping to be able to create a bridge between these two parts, really. And Dr. Manukian, you train children and parents to create a bridge even much younger so that as they get to be older, um, this bridge is almost already made, the path of communication, not only between parents and children, but also for the child to have these, these th distinctions and they can communicate and they can come to their parents and have a good relationship. Can you share a bit about that? Sure. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed um, that is a, a human being problem is effective communication. We don't effectively communicate most of the time. Uh, we say what we think, 
and uh, we think that the other person understands exactly what we are saying, but they don't. We, we don't articulate what is in our minds uh, properly. So then the other person doesn't really, there was, there becomes the misunderstandings, then there becomes the issues and challenges. So one thing that I do with children and with their parents and with children together even, as soon as they start communicating, and I don't mean talking because I have children that are nonverbal yet, but they start learning it when they are very young. So as soon as they start uh, using the first communication tool that is their finger, this is what they do. He wants this, I want that. So when they start doing that, I try to um, ask them to communicate with me instead of screaming or crying. Because when they scream or they cry, I really don't know what they want. Most of the time I do, but um, I want them to understand that every time they scream or they cry, somebody that is next to them would not understand what they're saying. So that's part of the awareness integration theory is communication, effective communication. And what we do with infants is we teach them to communicate better and in a way that I will understand, not what they want, but how would I understand? And when they get to toddlerhood and then they start uh, playing with each other and now they want a toy. And instead of uh, communicating and conversating with their friends, they either pull and push or they go to an adult to solve their problems. That's not really communicating and that's not problem solving. So I come and I help them, um, uh, I guide them how to communicate with each other, talk to each other. One of the things I say, which most of the time in the beginning, it, it looked funny, but it actually is very effective. They say, for example, uh, Susanna has my toy. I, I want the toy Susanna has. I said, do I have the toy? And they say, no, I'm like, okay, then if you tell me you want the toy that Susanna has, do you think it's helping you get it? I would make them think. And then they say, no, okay, let's go talk to Susanna then and get it from Susanna. So they start communicating with each other and it's fabulous, it's interesting, it's fascinating that almost never when they communicate clearly, um, any conflict happens. When they ask the friend, the friend gives it to them or says, no, I'm playing. And then I ask them to, to take turns and wait a little bit, be patient, and then they can switch. The same thing with ha happens with parents. When I talk to them and they, they bring up an, a, a challenge and they say, my child is not doing this and that. Okay, let me hear how did you handle the situation? And they tell me how they handled it. And I tell them, do you think your child really understood what you were telling them? Because most of the time what you're talking to them and you're telling them, either you're trying to dumb it down to the point that you think the child will understand, which is not accurate, or you talk to them as if they are university professors. They don't understand still. So we are gonna have a com communication and conversation that the child will understand. These are the words that can be used these are the words that they will not respond to. Um, one of the words that is, for me, is a magical word is the word stop. If you tell the child, don't do this, or no, 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 they will just, they will just learn the no word before you know it, and they will say no all the time to you. But if you tell them to stop it, it does wonders with toddlers. They actually stop doing it. 
So there are, there are um, communication skills that are very important and awareness integration theory's biggest part is about how to communicate, how to be respectful, how to communicate respectfully. And it resolves a lot of issues. It also gives them an opportunity, the children and the parents to think before they do anything. You think, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? And what is the result? Why am I doing what I'm what I'm doing? And it really, uh, really makes life so much better and more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Jaffe. Um, when talking about school age children and then growing up. Um, what are some of the tools that you have found that really, really supports the parents uh, to work with their kids in the, the turmoil time of hormones and uh, everlasting changes, which also come in an age that the child is trying to find their independence, right? Like around age eight is like, you're not the boss of me. And then from there kind of starts from this back and forth power struggle between the children and the parents. Yes, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, every age or every age group has its own developmental challenges and at the same time, a developmental mastery, uh, which makes the parents think, okay, now I don't have to worry about this for my child. For example, you have a four-year-old, three-year-old, you really have to plan their day schedule, you know, do this, do that, everything you have to do. And the child starts school and you think, okay, so I don't have to do that. Yes, you don't have to do that, but you now need to switch your role. And parents actually switch roles every developmental stage. So during school age, the role of a parent is basically supervision, supervising, not like supervising um, the, let's say a three-year-old or four-year-old, but supervising um, and their affairs, you know, taking them to school, making sure that their schoolwork is done, making sure that school is meeting their needs and then bringing them home, taking them to all these classes, making sure they are in time, making sure they are um, fed, you know, uh, and taking care of their hygiene. So your role changes. Now, it's a good thing because now you don't have to have to deal with all those tedious things of a younger child. But at the same time, understanding, which the book um, clearly and uh, goes into it, understanding each developmental stage needs and challenges. For this age group, the challenge becomes doing good, doing well in school, making friends. So school age children basically face the challenge of finding a good friend, making friends with that, with that, you know, with that other child, making sure that they have access to that child coming home and say, I want to go to their house. And all of that is being taken care of. And also for school age, doing well academically is their pride and joy. If they're not doing well academically, uh, it leads to um, feelings of inadequacy, it leads to feeling of less than, because for the first time in their lives they're being compared to other kid, kids and children, and they understand that they're not either as good as the other kids or they're not 
for whatever reason, are having challenges being uh, as good as other kids who are doing well in school. Because remember, in preschool, nobody fails preschool. Everybody gets stars. Everybody gets, oh, you did such a good job, and then you go home. But once you're in school, if you do not do well on a test, on a presentation, then you know, your parents know, your teacher knows, and so do all of your classmates. So academic performance and successful academic performance and then socialization and then being popular and then physical attributes are in that order that are priority for your school uh, child age. So what does a parent do? Now that you know those are the four priorities for your child at that school age, then you have to tend to it as a parent, supervise it, make sure that you are in communication with the teacher, make sure that you are in communication with your child about what subject they're doing well. Of course, you'd know because nowadays everybody gets an email. I mean, you can you have access to your child's report card, but simply your child failing a math test and then you offer them incentives. If you do better in the next test, I'll buy you this and that is not going to be helpful because first you have to understand with the help of your child and the teacher communication, understand why the child failed in the first place. Because as we mentioned, number one priority for them is doing well. So children normally do not purposely fail in school unless they have problems understanding the subject. Maybe there are other issues in school and maybe the home environment is not inviting for them to come home and doing their their homework and so on and so forth so as parents we have to look at what our child developmentally is going through meet their expectations and make sure that any inadequacy is being addressed and help our child be successful in that um, developmental stage in their life beautiful um, ladies, is there anything we haven't touched upon that we really, really want our uh, listeners and viewers to know um, about the book or about um, um, or about uh, the concept of parenting? So for everyone, uh, the book is Intentional Parenting, a Practical Guide to Awareness Integration Theory uh, by Dr. Nicole Jaffery and Dr. Eileen Manukian and I. Um, you can get that in, um, there's, it's available in Amazon and um, Cambridge Scholarly, uh, which is the publisher in uh, London. Um, so what is it that you, you think we haven't really shared and we really need to, for, for people to, to know? Dr. Manukian? Um, so one thing that I uh, think everybody needs to know is this book is not necessarily only for parents. We wrote it for practitioners too. So anybody who's a parenting coach, who works with children, is an educator, whoever works with children from zero all the way to even prenatal, all the way to 20 years old, uh, can benefit from this book. We actually dedicated one chapter to mentoring and to uh, all of the other um, aspects of uh, works that they, uh, uh, social workers that work with children, everybody who works with, um, uh, uh, we are calling them children, some of them are young adults, uh, <clears throat> but anybody who works with human beings from infancy all the way to 20 year olds will uh, tremendously benefit from this book. Yes, Dr. Barbara Troop have uh, been our mentor and she uh, dedicated one chapter 
um, at the end uh, to the concept of how the mentoring could support. So we are so grateful to have her as part of our team. Dr. Jaffery? Yes, of course. What I would like really to share with our parents is parenting is not a chore. Parenting is a privilege, regardless of whether you have a bloodline to this child, whether you are a guardian um, and whether you're a stepmom uh, or whether you are a blended family. Raising a child is a privilege and it, it, it's, it's like raising a human being uh, and then you want to make sure you're doing your best. At the same time, you're not alone. There are so many books, including our, ours, which is the best book, but... <laughs> But every time you read an article, every time you read, a, you go to a website, every time you read a parenting book, make sure that the book has been written by experts that are in child development and psychology, because you want to make sure you're getting the right information. Also, parenting should be joyful. You're, you're spending time with this with this human being who's little and then grows up and once it becomes even taller than you and bigger than you, but what is going to create that connection that can never be separated is communication, respect, boundaries, and also show your child the joy of parenting. When we get mad and frustrated, we need to recognize it before we get to that point so we can do some self-care because our children should not be the subject of our dissatisfaction with things in life. Also, children can at times be menace and do things to all really try to test us and, and test our boundaries. But when they're doing that, don't you think it's really interesting that they have found a way to do that? So let's just be enjoying uh, parenting and make sure once you're a parent, your role changes. So be aware of that. You're not always going to do one thing. And that's also, I think, part of the joy. And uh, I want to uh, wish the best for all of our parents out there. We're here for you. And, um, you know, best of luck to every one of us, because these kids are going to be members of the society that we're all going to live in. Thank you so much, ladies, for taking the time uh, to... Um, do this project together and take the time to come to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Well, one more time. Intentional Parenting, a Practical Guide to Awareness Integration Theory by Dr. Nicole Jaffe, Dr. Eileen Manukian, and I. And um, thank you for being with, with us. And until next week, create an amazing life for everyone around you. Bye-bye.